0: Well, Eddie, promoted many a show around the world, but our first Down Under here in Australia. How excited are you for Saturday's show here in Brisbane?
1: So exciting. You know, there's a, a real buzz around about Matchroom coming to Australia in general. Great fight card as well. Great main event, to unbeaten Australian fighters and a, a, new, a new era for us here. You know, it's only my second time even in Australia and there's a very vibrant fight scene here. Some great talent as well. A number of Australian world champions now, not just on our roster, but in
0: general. I'm really excited to start our journey here in Australia. There can't be too many cards in boxing history that every fight on the card is a title fight. And I guess in a a way that kind of shows that the the local talent here just want to get slung in and prove and develop, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think people feel like it's a big opportunity to be seen globally with with Trim and DAZN. And also, you know, these young undefeated fighters willing to step up, I mean, you know, like you say, of course you've got the Liam Pyro, Brock Jarvis, and you've got the Dempsey McKean and Sky Nicholson. But beneath that, you've got four brilliant fights, you know, all with undefeated fighters willing to put it on their line to sort of break out and become a star if you like. So um, it's really refreshing to come and see these undefeated young fighters willing to jump in and, and, and take on these challenges and, and no fear in trying to break out and make a name for themselves.
0: And not only a belt on the line but potential to sign with Matram. Are you on a recruitment drive should they impress on Saturday night?
1: Yeah, we want to build a great stable. I mean already we've got you know some fantastic Australian talent but we're always on the lookout for for emerging talent. I mean, you know, in the Tapia Mayweather fight, it's a fantastic fight, but even underneath that, some, you know, you've got Reese Evans who's making his professional debut over eight rounds against 9-0 and Jalen Tate. I mean, it's it's madness, really. But, you know, at the same time, it's refreshing to see guys not afraid to lose their O and, and some trying to be great and move on and, and be part of matchroom cards around the world. Steve Spark, you know, coming up fighting Montana Love, obviously Ebony Bridges won world titles in the UK. A lot of Australian fighters are looking to fight internationally, but hopefully with our shows that we're building here, they they won't necessarily need to.
0: We'll touch on a few of those guys in a minute, but let's start at the top, the main event, Liam Paro versus Brock Jarvis. Maybe a fight Liam Paro didn't need to take, is that fair to say, with where he's sitting pretty in the WBO rankings?
1: I I think that's a a fair statement. I mean, look, he's number one, number two in the world now. He's got his shot coming up at the world title, but he also wants to make a name for himself in Australia, really, and be part of a big all-Australian fight. This is a brilliant fight, 22-0 against 20-0. You know, Brock Jarvis, absolute tank, looks like he should be on a GQ cover and also an incredible hulk. You know, Tutored by, of course, Jeff Fenwick, one of the great Australian fighters of all time. And there's a lot on the line, really, for Liam Paré. He doesn't need to be taking this fight, but it's a brilliant fight. You know, it's the kind of fight we need to make here, that all-Australian tussle. and. You no, know, you have to fancy Liam Paro because of his pedigree, but I think Brock Jarvis is going to be a real problem in this fight.
0: I saw a stat the other day. This is Brock Jarvis's eighth weight mm. category since he turned pro um, about seven years ago. Do you think he'll sort of build into a fully fledged one? Well, I do. You know, he's
1: he's still young, but he's huge. You know, he's an absolute tank. And when I saw him fight at super feather and previously feather and and lower than that, you know, you could tell when he boxed in Fresno, he was struggling to make the weight. And um, you know, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how he adapts to 140 pounds but i actually think it will suit him i think he'll be more robust i think you know he has a great engine anyway and i really think he's going to put the pressure on Liam Pyra on saturday
0: just touching on that fight in fresno which is pretty much a year ago to the day i believe um, showed a little bit of vulnerability but showed grit and determination and dug deep that night
1: it was incredible because you know he looked like he was out of the fight it was a disaster he came in gung-ho chin in the air got caught but showed tremendous heart to come through that and, and go on and, and stop his opponent. So we know that Brock Jarvis has got plenty of heart. We know he's all action. We know he can punch. Probably was a little bit vulnerable down at those weights because of the weight cut. But you know moving up, I think he could give him just that little bit more, as I said,
0: robustness. And if he comes with that same energy and that same relentless pressure, it could be a real problem. And Liam goes in as the bookies favourite. Should he come through, I guess he'll be waiting for the the winner of Catron and Taylor, which we think will happen in the forthcoming months. Is that the route he's looking to go down?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I expect if Josh Taylor wins that, I do expect him to vacate and move up. And it could be Liam Paro against the Tiafimo Lopez or or even Brock Jarvis against Tiafimo Lopez. So massive
0: fight. And I think the winner will go on and fight for a world title. Dempsey McKean looks to move 22-0 this Saturday. This kind of feels like the last hurdle before he's Running into a big fight, is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, look, Dempsey's
1: top 15 with two governing bodies. He's in the conversation. He was in the conversation to fight Dillian White. You know, he could be in the conversation to fight Anthony Joshua. So really, he, hes but he's got to look good against Corte. You know, Corte, I think he's 19 and one. Good fighter, but Dempsey's got to go out and make a statement to get those big fights. You know, he's a, a big, strong, hard hitting, heavyweight southpaw that really, with his positioning with the governing body, should be going out and really becoming now a problem for those guys, but also in the conversation
0: to fight those guys. I think if he can look good on Saturday, he'll land himself a big fight in early 2023. Yeah, that's going to be my next question about looking good, because he kind of went through the motions last time against Bracamonte, and he himself has said there's negotiations going on in the background. Is that still ongoing now, or is it sort of paused? Yeah,
1: as I said, you know, there's been a lot of conversations, particularly with Dillian White fighting Dempsey McKean, and, and when you're top 15 with two governing bodies, you're going to be in those conversations. If you can look good, if you can start calling those names out after, on the back of a good performance, and um, there's every chance he could
0: get them. And a the first title fight for Sky Nicholson at home, obviously a uh, big pressure on her I guess coming back to showcase her skills in front of her home fans. I guess from your perspective you're looking for Sky to, to look dominant in that.
1: Yeah I think you know she's a, a big star here already, she's boxed obviously in, in the US twice, she's boxed in the UK twice and now she returns home for her first title fight so she's been guided perfectly so far. You're seeing the transition, you know, you're seeing it on social media, the way she's sitting down on shots, she looks like she's improved physically. And I think if she can put that into action and mix that with her style, which is, you know, a style that rarely gets hit, I think she's going to be a real problem for the division. I think, uh, you know, to capture the Commonwealth title as a professional after winning Commonwealth gold as an amateur in Queensland as well would be special. And I think she wants to move quickly. You know, I really believe that she's already talking about Amanda Serrano and of course, Erica Cruz, who's, who's our champion at Featherweight. She's probably only two, three fights max away from that, really. Um, I know that Eddie Lamb and the team at iBox are really talking highly about the sparring and how she's looked in the gym. And I think if she can make a statement on Saturday and be really dominant, then 2023 is going to bring World Championship fights quite quickly for Sky Nicholson. I think she's a, a tremendous fighter. She's got a great boxing IQ. Like I said, if she's sitting down on her shots and, and she's knocking people out as well, then she's gonna be a real problem for the division. I think you're gonna see her win world titles soon.
0: She's been very active since she's turned professional. Is the plan to, to be as active next year or do you think maybe yeah, she needs a bit of a breather and take a step back?
1: Well, she had a good break in the summer, but you know, it's difficult to be active when you're in 10 round championship fights all the time. But you know, she's, um, she's used to being active as an amateur. I think she'll have one more if she's victorious on Saturday, which we expect her to be. One more in December. And then really, it's one early in 2023 or straight into a world title fight. She's already you know, talked about wanting that Amanda Serrano fight. Serrano's a great fighter, but, but that's the aspirations of Sky Nicholson. And as I said, Erica Cruz as well. You know, she could fight Erica Cruz and the winner of that fight's is undisputed straight away. So massive future ahead. Her profile has, has gone through the roof globally. She's a star in the making. She's just got to put it together in the ring, which she has been doing. But you know, this is upper level, ten-round championship fight, and you know, if she can make a statement on Saturday,
0: the world awaits. First fight here in Australia. Do we have a certain number of fights lined up for next year? What's the sort of plan moving forward? For I think
1: for we, you know, we're talking about four to six shows a year here in Australia. So. It would be nice to see Sky Nicholson come back and fight for the World Championship as maybe Liam Parrow fight for the World Championship as well. Maybe we do AJ against Dempsey McKean here, etc. So looking
0: to bring consistent fight nights to Australia and some big stadium shows too. One fight fans maybe were a little bit amused that it's not in Australia, it's Ebony Bridges against um, O'Connell for the World Title which obviously lands and leads. I think Ebony herself has said she's based in the UK now and that's pretty much the reason why she wanted to fight in the UK, obviously we won the purse bids. I guess moving forward if Ebony is uh, obviously a possibility to come back out here and defend as well?
1: Yeah, I think Ebony's become a huge star in the UK. So, For us, we want to do that fight in the UK. We see the attraction of course of doing that in Australia as well, but she's training in the UK, she's based in the UK, and we wanted to give her what is ultimately now home advantage and make O'Connell travel. It's a great fight, bad blood, it's got everything. So it's going to be a big fight in Australia, but it will end in Leeds on December 10th.
0: Let's just take a, a step back, obviously last Saturday, in the UK, was we scheduled for the O2, which obviously didn't go through for obvious reasons. A couple of days on now from when that fight was due to happen, can you give us any update on Connor Ben's situation?
1: Yeah, obviously he's got a big fight on his hands. You know, um, there's a lot of information we know about the testing that will come to light. Everyone's very quick to make their assumptions, as always in this situation. We've seen it before with Dillian White. You know, and, and I didn't see many people apologize when Dillian White was, was cleared of all charges and was actually completely innocent in that situation. Connor Ben will have the right to, to clear his name. People should let him do that. Um, it's been a difficult situation for everybody. Um, it was a difficult situation building in. Um, you know, I've seen the criticism, of course, but also understand that This wasn't something that was kept from anybody. It was discussed between all parties involved in the fight, from the fighters to the promoters to the commission. And we have to let the commission do their job, which ultimately they did. And it wasn't a case of, you know, the the story stopped the fight. The, The commission had made their decision before any story came out in the media. And we had to go through that process because, as I said, once you find out the information regarding the testing, it was a difficult position because people were comfortable with the scientific facts around that so we wanted Conor Ben to have his opportunity as many have before to be heard that will now happen post fight and obviously the fight not taking place but let him let him have that time let him have that moment he has to go out and obviously it's a very important time for him now because some people have made their mind up as they've done before let the facts come out and, and make your decision
0: Let's look further ahead now to the match from schedule. So two weeks time, we're back in Mexico. Maurizio Lara headlines against San Martin. Obviously, the Lee Wood fight is not going through. Um, just talk to us for a victory for Maurizio. Is he is he looking to get that fight rescheduled? Yeah,
1: he's, he's frustrated. I mean, we all are because Lee Wood against Maurizio Lara is a tremendous fight. And, and as is Lara against San Martin, I expect that to be a war. So we finish here. Um, obviously, we'll see what happens with the Santa Cruz situation with Lee Wood. And Josh Warrington's got a win on December 10th. There's a lot in play for us in the featherweight division. Um, we leave Brisbane to go to Mexico City for that show, of course. Then we go back to uh, Wembley Arena for the return of Katie Taylor, Jordan Gill against Martinez. Um, Ellie Scott and the added to that card. And the Irish on the undercard as well, well of course. Yeah. Kevin Adjarko, Gary Culley, it's a tremendous card at Wembley. And then, of course, to Abu Dhabi uh, for a massive night of boxing, headline by Bivo against Ramirez. Then we're in Cleveland, Ohio. For Montana Love against Steve Spark, and then back potentially for the return of Dillian White at the end of November. December 3rd, Estrada Chocolatito, three. And then December 10th, trem- tremendous main event uh, for Josh Warrington. Very tough fight against Lopez, he's mandatory, and, and a big end to the year.
0: Let's just talk about December 3. Obviously, the, the Joshua Fury fight's not happening. It sounds as if. Derek Chisora's got the call up for a trilogy fight. Yeah. Um, can you just talk to us about that? Are we involved at all? What's the yeah, latest? I spoke to
1: him last night. I mean, he's had the, op- I mean, it's probably been going on for two or three weeks now The conversations. I mean, I know we had our deadline. That was two weeks ago. am not sure why Chisora's is three weeks longer, but um, I think Derek's just in the final negotiations of that fight now. Um, I think the fight will happen. You know, I, I don't know the other options for Tyson Fury. I know Manuel Char is a fight that he wanted to push for. So I think they'll feel that, you know, Chisora is obviously a, a bigger name. It'll be the third fight between them. Del Boy always fancies it, so he's ready to step up and take that fight, and uh, I guess we'll see if they can close final negotiations over the next couple of days. In touch on Josh Warrington on December 10th. Is that likely to be our last show of the year, do you think? Yeah, we could go December 17th. Obviously, we've got to decide if Anthony Joshua will go on that date or if he'll wait till January or February, but ultimately, uh, Josh Warrington, December 10th, and then it might be Christmas for us then, but don't rule out December 17th. And I guess you're already busy planning 2023? Absolutely, and an early start in January with some big fights all around the globe, but uh, big fights in in America to start in January and obviously the UK as well and and keep an eye particularly on that featherweight division. If Josh Warrington can come through on December 10, expect to see him against Leewood in a big unification.
0: Well Eddie, thanks for your time and I'm sure we'll catch up as the week goes on.
1: Cheers.